Hello, my name is Ryan Broderick, and I am in a pillow fort inside of a closet right now. Uh, my name is Bailey, and I uh, am in a, a normal setup, like a, like someone who hasn't decided to move across the world for no apparent reason. I just I can't believe I can't believe I can't believe he fled America just because Joe Biden won. I just I want to go where free speech is still allowed, and Brazil is the only place where I can. Um, perpetuate large-scale ecological destruction i don't know hungry 2023 that's it that's it um orban and wait no do you say hungry yeah orban yeah but i'm talking about bolsonaro yeah i know but once once bolsonaro leaves like that'll be your next refuge oh oh right i'll just keep moving around the world like um like jim watkins from from 8chan yeah yeah that's cool protect your free speech Can we can we can we can we start with Jim Watkins? Like Jim Watkins is Q, right? Jim Watkins like, is that's, Q. Yeah. That's what's happened. Yeah. Like we Well, no, no, no. So so that's not what's happened. That's that's it's been like that for like I feel like almost a year or two now. Right. That everyone suspected he was, but it seems like this week has pretty much confirmed it. Which feels yeah. like a crazy thing to have happened while all this other stuff was happening, but it's like, "Oh, yeah, that was Q." So so I've written a bit about um this. So garbage day readers who listen to this I mean, you're probably already used to like me doubling up on subject matters, but um, if you do want to follow like the ins and outs of the QAnon, uh, Frederick Brennan, the former founder of 8chan, who has sort of like just like gotten rid of the whole thing and doesn't want to deal with it anymore, he he knew Jim Watkins was Q like years ago and like talked and has talked about it pretty openly. Yeah, he's been saying it for a while, but it just it felt like the stuff that happened to Jim Watkins this week just confirmed it. Wait, what happened to Jim Watkins this week? You mean like you mean the new Q being locked out of HN? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Q hasn't posted since the election, and most likely it's because um, Jim Watkins can't figure out how to use the trip code, which like identifies Q as Q. It was just like it was. It was one of those moments where kind of the news came across my feed, like so. Yeah, the news came across my feed like at some point during this week, and I was like. I don't have time for this. I'm I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, there's no secret. Like a Q is like Jim Watkins and a couple friends, and they there's like a special um, posting. Like there's like a special backend that Q gets for eight eight Q or whatever, and oh, it's all yeah. so fucking stupid. It's just so fucking stupid. Sorry, we're talking about two different people here. We're talking about uh, Jim Watkins and Ron Ron Watkins, his son, right? Yeah, right, exactly. So so the two funny things that happened is that on November the 3rd, Ron Watkins said that he was leaving his job effective immediately. He's gone, he's out, he's done. Uh, and then about seven hours before that was the final Q post. Right. And yeah, and so basically, yeah, Ron then tweets this thing saying, I am resigning as admin of AQ and effective immediately. Extensive battles been fought, tooth and nail. Um, today I bring the ship to dock and then has like a picture of an American ship <laughs> in this tweet. Right. And then ever since then, Q hasn't posted. So it seems incredibly clear that Ron, sorry, I was saying Jim Watkins at the start of this, I got too confused, but it seems incredibly clear that Ron Watkins was Q with his father's knowledge. Okay, okay, okay. Jim Watkins has, it's now can't get into and can't carry on the grift. Okay, so as I understand it, and my, my source for this is Frederick Brennan, who once again... 
if you care about this stuff, he is a must follow. He's like he he knows it really well. Jim Watkins has basically been pulling the strings of Q since almost the beginning. Let's say like within a couple weeks of Q appearing. Yeah. Frederick Brennan was involved in helping create the special posting thing, the the trip code, the the sort of identification and the back end for Q. Jim Watkins' son, Ron Watkins, for all intents and purposes, has been Q for a very long time with Jim Watkins sort of like steering him, sort of. Right. Ron Watkins left 8-Coon, which is what 8-Chan is now called, and now Jim Watkins, because he's like an insane old man, can't figure out how to use the website. That's that's what I think has happened. Like, yeah, exactly. So the Q is essentially the two of them together. But the whole thing make is, is crazy that they... After all this time, we effectively found out who Q was, and that's like the 50th big story of the week. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's kind of incredible that, like, I mean, uh, I, it is really interesting to see what happens to Q and on people without Q. Like, they're, they're all kind of in free fall, and, like, we've talked a lot about this on this show, where it's like, where are they going to go? What are they going to do? How, how will the movement grow? And, like, there is, like, a good chance that, like, without someone steering the ship, like, they, it all just falls apart. Well, a lot of them are kind of thinking that there is still more to come. Like, right. there is still, there's a big movement of we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. We're waiting for Biden to, we're waiting for Biden to be revealed as the, the evil puppet master. And, in fact, it was Trump is, this is all a big bait and switch plan for Trump to apparently lose an election and then... <laughs> right come from behind in a surprise win which will somehow give him more power i i quite understand that one yeah and like i'm trying not to follow it too closely because there's like um a good amount of people in the american media who like treat twitter as a video game and are like spending all their time and energy talking about a coup and like it's very easy to just like become incredibly obsessed with it and so i'm doing self-care by not reading any of that shit anymore you're doing (laughs) self-care by by doing a broadcast from a a closet in brazil <laughs> that's it that's it that's i'm on the run man um, <laughs> I mean, just, i'm you just being sick- there like yeah these people in american media just they're too they're too normal they're too into this as you say into your cupboards look uh you know back when i was doing internet explorer i would do most episodes from the closet in our apartment together i recall yeah i used to go for a walk at the time because it was it was too weird to you yelling into a, a podcast Mike, look, man, like I can't, I can't change how physics work. Like, <laughs> I either buy like a ton of draperies for this room, or I build something into a closet. <laughs> sure, and even that, I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure how this is going to sound. Um, but you know, I, I've been, do- in fact, I've been doing this show for the last like four months in like a back room in the middle of the woods in Massachusetts. So you know, it's. I mean, eventually, all rooms are somewhere, and you know, I, I'm doing this in a effectively a, a a room in in north london yeah i can make that sound weird you're up in your attic having your radio show with your friend like it sounds just as weird when i say it that way now the cupboard in brazil is is worse. <laughs> so this week's episode we are mainly going to be talking about the platforms <laughs> as we do every week and how they dealt with the election um but i also want to i want to pick up some loose ends because i feel like the last couple weeks have been kind of nuts both with the show and with reality around the show so luke first i want to start by talking about 
a piece of content that I think we are uniquely, uniquely equipped to deal with, which is the Joe Biden Endgame video. Oh, dude. <laughs> I have a, I have thoughts about this, and I. All right. So you are convinced that you okay? I do not believe that the person making that was in on the joke. So okay, when I sent you the video, I said I think this guy's in on the joke. This is great. I totally think that this is like a piece of like satire, making fun of the way like liberals do things. I have since read the New York Mag interview with this the person who created the video, and I am extremely upset to say that this is not a piece of satire. <laughs> No, of course it's not. It is it is it is weird and strange and I mean I think it's I think it's crazy that uh they managed to find the only movie character who is somehow younger than Joe Biden. Like he's just effectively like I didn't do the math, but I'm pretty sure they were born in the same year. <laughs> Wait, Joe Biden and Captain America? Well Joe Biden's eighty, so that's ninety uh, so it's nineteen forty, I suppose. Yeah, okay. So so Cap is about twenty years older than Joe Biden. That is actually fucking wild to think about yeah yeah wait when captain america gets out of the ice he's what 90 years old uh well i'm trying to do it from from so biden was 29 in 1970 <laughs> yeah and i only know that because of how his senate career overlapped with hubert humphreys okay actually no well, sorry it wasn't it was 48 it was 72 because humphreys got re-elected in 72 that's not the point um <laughs> Uh, Joe Biden was 29 in 1970 in in 1972, which means he was born in uh, 1941. Uh, uh, okay, so he was. We assume that Captain America went to war in 1942, I think, and he was 18, I think. Right. So there's about 17 years difference between them. That's fucking wild. Okay, wait, wait. <laughs> let's let, let's get back on topic here. Wait, no, this which... gets weirder. This gets weirder because. Okay. What that means is that Donald Trump was only born like three years after things. So Donald Trump was walking, was in New York at the same time that like Cap was. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh man. Old people are so fucking old. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wait, wait, okay. So what was your favorite part of this incredible video? No part of it. No part of it was my favorite part. (laughs) Which part did you think was the best part? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did, you, did you think it was the best part when the creator of the video decided to have a whole section of Georgia and then just threw Barack Obama in there for some reason because like it lined up better with Black Panther? Yeah, that was that was super weird. Uh, I was like, oh, we're doing the Georgia thing. Oh, okay, no, we're doing we're doing the black people thing. Okay, right. that's not that's not the same thing. Cool. That's I don't think you understand why that's offensive. But congratulations, you created this video. You've somehow thrown Barack Obama in there in an offensive way. Great. Yeah, and then you know it went through and. They were kind of right about most things. I mean, then... the, okay, wait. I think we can both agree the Hunter Biden Fat Thor is inspired, like truly inspired. That is perfect. Yes, obviously I mean that. Perfect. That to me like broke my brain. I was like, this is this might be the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I, I also I do have a problem though. Elon Musk as Iron Man throws me off so bad that like right. Almost... But this is this is how it immediately did. I was like, this is this person does not understand what's happening here. Because the person who thinks who made this thinks that like Elon Musk is good, as is AOC, as is Joe Biden, and that's not how anyone understands the world. See, like when I was watching it, I thought of it as like a piece of satire making fun of the kind of person who would think that Elon Musk is on the same team as like Barack Obama and Joe Biden. Nope. 
but what I what yeah, what, like I said, I've discovered that that is not true, and that this person was just like, yeah, that sounds cool. Did you did you find it emotionally um, satisfying? Did you? No, I did not. I think I'm I I was a little drunk. I did tear up the first time I think I saw it. No, I feel like everyone had like a a moment of there was some meme or something that got them. For me, it was actually the one of uh um, it was the Lord of the Rings one at Helm's Deep where uh. Oh, Dan I haven't Elf, seen this one. I haven't seen this one. Oh, I can't. I couldn't find it. It's entirely possible. I, possible I imagined it because I went to find it like the next day <laughs> and then could not find it. And I was like, oh, it's it's possible. Like I was just hopped up on exit polls <laughs> well i mean but, last week yeah, no, they're just yeah, yeah. you know the you know the bit of the movie where um they they do the ride out of the luke luke castle yeah luke i've never yeah. seen any of the lord of the rings movies you've never seen any of the lord of the rings okay well okay, no they ride out of the castle in in a heroic <laughs> way uh to their certain deaths but then over the hill comes gandalf and like tens oh, of spoilers people on horses and uh that was the mail in ballots. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I feel like this is another thing that we are uniquely equipped to talk about, which is last week it felt like this internet content dam that has been in place since 2015 burst open and just like so much dumb, insane, like Tumblr era nonsense just started happening. And I feel like it hasn't slowed down. No, it's, it's gotten super weird. It's, it's gotten it. very, it's gotten very late period Obama. Yes, exactly. Things have just gotten wacky again in really weird ways. It doesn't mean I'm not frightened, of course, but things are just really fucking weird. No, I mean my my central principle is that this this is like very much the 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 brief pause before everything is very very bad again. Yeah, I mean typically I would say like you know brace yourself. Nobody like you know celebrate this because like they're just gonna try to take it away and it's gonna be all drawn out and horrible. But I'm also like. I'm fucking tired, and I would like to have some fun online before we're all thrown in the, like, you know, Trump prison or whatever. I reckon you've got, like, nine months. Nine months after inauguration. They, I think next year, we've got a vaccine coming. We, it'll be all right. The first nine months will be okay, and then it's going to get very bad very fast, I think. I don't, know if you've, I don't know if you've looked at the 2024 Senate map yet. Uh, no. Have you? Yeah, of course I have. <laughs> I have not looked at it yet, no. Look, if you want the short version of why this is going to get super bad, is that the Democrats won, lost basically every single down-ballot race, which means all the redistricting that's going to happen is going to be done on Republican terms, which means all of the advantages you have with gerrymandering are going to be in place for the next decade. And the 2022 Senate race, there's, you know, maybe Democrats got three defenses, three that they could take, and then the 2024 race so the next election when trump let's be real trump's gonna run again uh they are somehow going to have to defend i think it's nine senators in republican states okay states that have gone republican in the last one of the last two at least one of the last two cycles great so yeah it's fucked sorry yeah that all seems really fucked this was it this was the chance this was the chance to push it over the edge and be like okay there's enough here that america can kind of rebuild some democratic rules over the next decade and, and hold off whatever's happening and we didn't, didn't do, do that it. no no well technically oh. you could still win both runoffs in georgia but okay that's sure. not happening. okay well <laughs> that's good sorry um well that's good um <laughs> <laughs> this was supposed to be a fun opening about the avengers endgame video but fair enough um i 
got on a plane for the first time in a year last week, I think. It was last week, two weeks ago. Um, traveling, not easy. Yeah, you, you, were, you were in Brazil last week. No, no, so... I was in Belize last week as well. You were in Brazil. We had this conversation on the podcast last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was also in Belize. Oh, you're also in Belize, right? Right. Yeah. Um, which, if you haven't traveled during COVID, like, uh, don't I don't recommend it. It's not. Uh, it's not easy. <laughs> I have <laughs> just passed. I think the point where I would be showing symptoms, and if I had gotten sick, I have thankfully not gotten sick. No, no one I was traveling with has gotten sick. But holy shit, man! Like things are not good in the airports. <laughs> Yeah, I I can't imagine an airport being much fun. No. Um, I will say, though, Belize takes uh, quarantine very, 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 very seriously. Um, Like, throwing people in jail for not wearing masks seriously. Uh, We had to wait, like, two hours to get into the country, and then they told us that our COVID tests, like, weren't adequate, so we had to take a second round of COVID tests and, like, wait. It's... uh, It's intense. Uh, It's good to see, but it's it's intense. Yeah, that sounds intense. We, uh... I know we still can't test everyone properly here, so. Are you back in lockdown? Can oh yeah, no, we're back in lockdown. I, I saw a thing that says you can't have sex anymore or something. Only if you're single. Oh okay, that's good. You're not allowed to like meet new people in their house, so. I mean, have you tried being in London in your twenties? You're not going to meet anybody, am I right? Hacha <laughs> cha. <laughs> but no, yeah, we're back in lockdown again. Okay, well, that's good. America is uh, getting very, very sick again. Uh, I'm kind of happy that i'm not there right now um for those who are genuinely curious i'm in brazil because um down staying with a girl i really like uh she invited me down and uh yeah so i'm I'm gonna be here probably until like christmas cool cool yeah does she know that what does she know that i keep i keep (laughs) offering her ways to kick me out and she hasn't yet so you know first week's done maybe you know we'll we'll, we'll take it slow she she might get sick of me who knows Luke, do you feel like Facebook did a good job with the election? I think they did a better job than I was expecting. Okay. Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to, I mean, make me feel better about this. Oh, I don't think they did a good job, obviously. They did a terrible <laughs> job. But, but I think they did a better job than I was expecting. Okay. Uh, in that they do seem to have applied some sort of friction to many posts that to more posts than I was expecting. They seem to have slowed it down. Uh-huh. They have done more fact-checking than I was expecting. They removed all of Steve Bannon's pages, which was, to me, kind of a surprise. Yep. Um, but at the same time, I think that they were trying to do the exact minimum possible, which they succeeded <laughs> yes. in doing. I have been thinking about this a lot because if Trump doesn't throw a coup and we do have a Biden presidency starting in January and Facebook suddenly becomes not a right-wing hellfire, it will solidify this theory that... I- I sort of have, which is that like Facebook sees itself as the reinforcement engine for whoever's in charge, which is a very scary idea because it's like basically a private company that is decided that whoever is leading the country, it will then reinforce those politics through its content sharing, which is terrifying to me. Right. It, it, it's a slave to authority rather than a slave to a particular ideology. It's just like, you guys are in charge, therefore we're not going to disagree with you. And right. We're turbocharge and, the politics of whoever's in charge. Right. Which just means like, you which know. Does, which, to be fair, means there's not going to be a lot of malarkey on Facebook for the next four years. Dude, as long as there's no malarkey on my newsfeed, I'm good. But at the same time, have you ever been in like one of those like real fucking tinfoil hat resistance Facebook groups? Because they are a nightmare. 
Yeah, they are. Like the 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 Mueller kind of people who believe that like you know everything well, is the, the West Wing. My favorite one was the 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 there was a Mueller podcast. I'm trying to desperately trying to remember the name of it now. Is it this was, one? Are we gonna become? Are we are we gonna become a resistance podcast? No, we've never. Okay. Oh, that was it. It was called uh, Mueller. She wrote. Oh, for God's sakes! Fuck off! No way. Yeah, that Mueller, sucks. She wrote. And it was it was extremely like pro Robert Mueller. Uh, is it Mueller? Is it Mueller? Robert Mueller? You know, I thought I it knew, and Mueller. I don't know, and I'm not gonna learn. It's right, I'm, I'm, gonna, gonna, go I'm gonna say Mueller, but it's probably I bet it's right. Mueller. I bet it's Mueller. I'll, I'll go Mueller. You go Mueller, and like we'll be half right. Mueller. Yeah. All right. So Robert Mueller and they basically started a podcast uh, that was you know all about like how great this was going to be and all. Who did? Who started a podcast? I don't know. Two two people. I'm pretty okay. sure they're both from LA. <laughs> <laughs> yes i i 100 percent believe they're from la <laughs> yeah even and learning. then the Mueller report came out and determined that effectively there was some slight shady business around the edges but essentially everything was fine and the trump campaign was too incompetent to actually successfully be uh coordinate with a foreign power in order to hijack an election which is essentially yeah that's that was what happened and all of their fans lost their minds right. because they, they were list, they were part of this. They had this identity of, yeah, no, we 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 are going to be see the Mueller report come in, and then we are going to take down Trump. And it turned out there wasn't really anything there. Well, it's part of like uh, it's part of this phenomenon that we talked about a lot, um, which is kind of like the f- like the fandom effect that the internet brings. So any sort of thing that's coming down the road at you, whether it's the Mueller report or it's like an election recount or whatever it is, people on the internet start talking about it and then they create like whole universes of mythology around it that have really no basis in reality. And like, that's exactly what happened with the Mueller report. And that's what exactly continues to happen inside of these like completely batshit resistance Facebook groups that are also just like deeply cringe. Cause it's always like fucking talking about Harry Potter or some shit and saying that like Joe Biden's going to like, throw trump in jail that's like hey, okay i'm I'm just i'm just glad they can all go back to brunch now i can finally relax and have a mimosa and stop tweeting you know that's i feel like all of us all of our tweets combined we're the ones that really did this yeah. you know the the posters are the real heroes dude exactly um i just i like to think that you and me two white guys with a podcast <laughs> we helped get joe biden elected and defeated fascism just by having this podcast and that's beautiful yeah yeah it's it's, it's really something i mean you know it's not the dream of course because the dream would have been you know better you know green <laughs> that's right um the official presidential candidate uh the only presidential candidate endorsed by the content minds is beto o'rourke because <laughs> he can skateboard and he was in an emo band so uh yeah i'm all in and uh, I also like that he stands for nothing. I think that's interesting. I think that's an interesting political <laughs> choice. It's a good take. He stands for sweating a lot. The man is yeah. He stands yeah and rolling up his sleeves. Yeah, I love. Yeah. Look, as the lanky guy who likes to roll up my shirt sleeves and say absolute nothing with a hundred percent confidence, I really, really relate to Beto <laughs> O'Rourke, who, by the way, I thought was perfectly cast as Star Lord in that Endgame video. Yeah, no, he was bang on. As was Pete Buttigieg. As was yeah. essentially everyone. Uh, I I thought Bloomberg would have made a good Iron Man actually. Bloomberg would so see this is it if you're trying to accurately it would have been Bloomberg but instead it's Elon Musk just because Elon Musk is more famous and that's how you know it's the guy was not trying to do it. 
See, the one that really – sorry to come back to this because I can't stop thinking about it. But the Bernie Sanders one really bothers me. And I, but the problem is I can't figure out who would be better for, doc, for Bernie Sanders. Like I don't think he's Dr. Strange. No. I, well, I, don't, I can't figure out where Bernie Sanders should go and I can't figure out where – who should be Dr. Strange. Yeah. No, actually, Stacey Abrams should be Dr. Strange. That's not bad. That actually because makes a lot like, of sense. It's like the surprise, unexpected power. It's magic, you know. It's it's you doing coalition the thing in building the in Georgia. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, who would? While the rest of us were tweeting, she was she was coalition building, and who knew that would work? Who knew registering voters would be a good way to win an election? She was doing. She yeah. She was um, doing a revolutionary concept for Democrats, which is uh, talking to voters about what they like and care about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The Bernie Sanders one. I really don't know who would be in the Avengers. I keep try. I keep crunching the numbers. I can't. Maybe Ant Man. Oh, uh, he's like, because he's the only one who like didn't like get all caught up in the snap bullshit, and then he becomes Giant Man. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think Bernie Sanders applies to the to the to the Avengers universe. No, everything applies to the Avengers universe. That's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> maybe he's Hawkeye. You're just saying that because you like Hawkeye. <laughs> what do you think about the whole rigmarole with the like? top facebook posts quickly becoming mainstream media for like four days and then turning back into like complete nonsense bullshit all right so i dropped my theory to you on twitter and you ignored me um yeah i don't i try not to respond to you in public that makes sense so my theory of it was is that all they were talking about was election interference and facebook was putting a a block on them a friction block on them a reduction on them which meant they just couldn't make it to top 10 and then after those 10 days as they Facebook sort of led up on that, and they were talking about other things. Those are the ones that did really well. I think that's a compelling argument. By the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, um, there's an account run by a New York Times reporter named Kevin Roos, and uh, it collects the top 10 links shared on Facebook every day based on CrowdTangle data, which is a social metrics dashboard. And during the week of the election, the top 10 links went from, like, gateway pundit, Dan Borghino nonsense, like, right-wing bullshit to... NPR and New York Times, and then they, as of Sunday, basically switched back into uh, nonsense garbage. So people are trying to figure out, like, did Facebook throttle conservatives to see if progressives would win or whatever? And I actually, Luke, I think your, I think your theory is correct. I think it was you were looking at it like too high up, and it, it looks like a pattern, but it's actually like not anything interesting. Also, I think what was something else that was fascinating was that during that period, the most shared posts weren't about joe biden uh the the, the mainstream media ones they're about um alexandra ocasio cortez well that makes sense like i mean she was she was the one who was actually getting the big posts that were were, were all, all the posts about her were doing super well i mean she's the only one really of the democrats right now that is interesting to talk about or particularly captivating i mean like look joe biden what can you say about him other than he is fucking- there he hates malarkey and he's old um, <laughs> and he's Catholic. I mean, I don't – yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And I also don't think – I don't know. I truly wonder if, like, Facebook's algorithm is capable of sharing progressive or liberal or leftist content at the same frequency as right-wing or far-right or conservative content because – I genuinely think its algorithm is I don't think it's programmed to go after right-wing content, but I think there is something about right-wing ideology that fits the incentives of the algorithm that Facebook has trained on its users right now. 
I think I agree with that. I also think that there is a group, a grouping of conservative right wing, far right people who are more likely to respond to things very quickly and very aggressively. Like I think that they, ha- uh, there is less of a, I don't know, people have less of a personal brand attachment to it. Whereas if you are, you know, left liberal, you are kind of trying to share the right things to make yourself look good. Whereas I think, I, th- I think, I think left liberal people view it as a, a, um, and almost a strategy like they're part of a strategy they're part of a, a group that's trying to run a strategy whereas i think conservative people are more likely to view it as an all-out war so they're more likely to be super aggressive about sharing resharing, and responding quickly right and i also just don't think that like modern liberalism is as antagonistic as modern like conservatism like i don't think like i think liberals can all sit and talk about things that they care about or you know like uh, free healthcare or um, trans rights. New de- trans rights. Like there are, there are things to talk about amongst each other, and like I think you said this a couple episodes ago, where it's like leftism is an ideology that is constantly at war with itself. Yeah, I mean that. Well, <laughs> that has been the case for the last I don't know decade. Like that's always been the case. Like the problem with the problem with leftism is that you split. Everyone in leftism splits because they care about it and they care about the details. And regardless of how big your group is, at some point it will split. Like it's the right. history of all of the left of all time. Right. It's, Whereas it's like the mo- Judean, Judean people's front of the people's front of Judea thing. Right. And it's not that way for the right wing right now, who basically could be summed up as I hate gay people, women, people of color, and just anybody who doesn't agree with me. And like it's an incredibly antagonistic ideology at the moment it's not we're, we're, we're really far away from like the days of like the ron paul like libertarianism shit like this is so and, and the reason i'm bringing this up is because i think that like that is particularly um attractive to facebook's algorithm because it requires interaction it requires um huge amounts of users going from one group to another and like going after each other and sharing things and there's like an energy to it that i don't think Facebook's algorithm is tuned to pick up on when it comes to like liberal policies other than the stuff about AOC. Yeah, that that makes sense. Uh I mean, I'm really looking forward to the AOC 2024 presidential run and an awful lot of people realize her actual opinions on things <laughs> and are not fans. I mean, they're not I I also just feel like they're not going to be fans of her no matter what. Like uh, any, no, but at the moment also, they like, are at the moment it's like oh she's great she's fun she talks well it's all good uh, and then they're gonna be like oh what do you think no <laughs> true i mean thinking about another presidential election after this one is like so mind-bogglingly hard to do at the moment because it's just what do you think about the midterms they're only two years away dude how naive were we to be like oh like here's a pre-election episode and then we'll do one for you after the election assuming that there was going to be an after <laughs> Well, we did a mid. We did a mid-election episode. Yeah, I mean, because... Like, Which, what I guess, and, in many ways, this is also a mid-election episode. That's the thing. And, like, you know, obviously next week we're not going to just continue this because, like, there's only so much you can say because nothing's actually happening. But after last week, I was like, like, shit, like, there's a bunch of loose ends there because we didn't know anything. And we still don't really know anything, but I, it's it's like we have to move on, sort of. T- yeah. to, to, bring, to bring it back around again, Facebook is bad, and... <laughs> But hold on, we've only done one platform. We've got to do more platforms. No, I know. I'm putting a cap on the Facebook. Okay, one, uh, which is that it's bad, and I think like it did the bare minimum for approximately 48 hours, and then pro- and then promptly gave up. Yeah, same. Okay, relatable. It's relatable as a platform. 
Dude, yeah. Big, big, huge 2020 mood. Yeah. Tried super hard. Seems too hard. Did stop doing it. Yeah, that's me trying to put on non-sweatpants in the morning. Eh, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Luke, how do you think Twitter did this election? <laughs> I mean, I was pleasantly surprised, to be honest. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought Twitter made a much better go of it than I was expecting. And like, had they been doing this four years ago, everything would have been a lot better. Yes. Uh, it's a shame they only did it for the election, and they've now proved they can do it, which is the main thing. But I thought that they were quite good at slowing stuff down, which is which is all I think... The longer we've got into this, that's kind of all we've really asked from this. It's you just need to slow everything down a little bit. Just friction. It's yeah. just about friction. friction. Yeah. And and also like, you know, Twitter is the public editor for the American media. Most mainstream outlets, especially in America, basically flow downstream from Twitter. Everything that you read on a news site or in a newspaper or see on TV happens on Twitter about four or five hours beforehand. This blew my mind this time around, by the way. This so so I don't watch cable news. Why would I watch cable news? But this cycle, uh, this election, I've been watching CNN because it's the only one that covers it like live and I need for work and stuff. And the number of things where I'm like, oh, that's an interesting tweet, and then like 20 minutes later, someone on CNN is reading out the tweet as though they came up with it. Right, it's like wild because like that's that's all like the news is right now is just Twitter because it's easy and it's cheap. So you can just like plant a couple people at a desk and they just take notes off of Twitter. And yeah. it's, what's also really helpful for mainstream media is that ideas have points attached to them. And so retweets are counted as like idea points. So it's like, oh, 4,000 people agree with this. We can put it on our TV show. But I think Twitter like actually doing the – not even the bare minimum, but like actually aggressively going after this shit and not treating Trump like it's a both sides – you know, West Wing, we got to like come together and, and, and he'll be presidential soon kind of bullshit. I think really win, did. Win, win on the battlefield of debate. Yeah. Like we were not doing it this time. And I think that like Twitter runs American journalism. And like so a bunch of American journalists were finally like, I guess I just can't like write down everything the president says and just pretend like it's real. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. It's nice. It's I, I nice it, to I, see get some backbone. I think it also gave a lot of TV channels permission to cut away from Trump's speech as well, which I think was a moment. Like, it shouldn't have been a moment. It shouldn't have happened years ago. But the fact that, you know, he was talking just nonsense. I mean, he was reading out everything that he hated on Twitter, which was like that he'd seen that day, which I really enjoyed. Like, I'm like, yeah, if I had a press conference, that's what I'd do. Here are all the things I've seen today which annoy me. I mean,. Uh, that drives me insane to think about, though, that, like, so much of my country is just run by rich people who are obsessed with Twitter. It's so it's so annoying. We're just like, it's not anything. It's just, it's truly not anything. It, there's no social value to anything you see on Twitter, as far as I'm concerned. No, I'd agree with that. It's, it's, it's a nightmare and it shouldn't exist, but it does exist. And I think they did a better job during the election than I would have expected. They were slow. They were, they were slow to things, which I kind of get because this is the sort of stuff that does need to go through some sort of process. Uh, but, you know, there would regularly be tweets up for like 20, 25 minutes and then they'd apply the, the, the note to them. And I think that probably could have been sped up. But other than that, I thought that their, their general process was pretty solid. Yeah. And just like the visual of 
all of these conservatives getting their tweets like blown up by the mods just like it was very satisfying. I found it very satisfying. Yeah, I mean, there's there's that the final tweet before the the four seasons lands uh, four seasons total landscaping debacle, which was Donald Trump just going, uh, "I won the election," and then under it, this claim is disputed. Is like, yeah, it's deeply funny. It's fantastic, and like as you said, it's something that should have happened four years ago, and we probably wouldn't be at the mess we're in right now if Twitter had any kind of moderation guidelines in place when they needed to have them in place, which was when Trump was running the first time. Yeah, which was (laughs) mid-2015. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say Twitter, good job. Nice job. Yeah. Good job. You're late, but you got there. Luke, do you think YouTube did a good job? I do not think YouTube did a good job. I think YouTube did a horrible job that arguably is is has undone any good that Facebook or you or Twitter may have done. I completely agree. Um, it is a mess. It is like YouTube is is such a mess that I, most of like the disinformation reporters I follow aren't even focusing on it because there's just it's too much to deal with. It, it's it's so much. It's such a dense wall of bullshit that, like, it's impossible to pull apart. And the, the numbers are huge. Like, the viewership is, is gigantic for some of these videos. Yeah, it's absolutely colossal. And anyone can write anything they want and are absolutely getting away without it without being fact-checked unless they literally say something wrong in the headline. At which point, they don't really get fact-checked. They have a note under it that says, check out more information here, which is it. There's no block. There's no major, like, hey, just so you know, this is wrong. There's no overlay. There's nothing. It's just, nothing. hey... There are other opinions about this thing. And like, I'm all in favor of, you know, friction rather than uh, a censorship, but that's not friction. That's not anything. It's, like, not anything. it's like giving you a voucher on the back of a receipt. Like, <laughs> it's, it's nothing. It's like, yeah, I don't care. Like, why would yeah. I care about this? Um, yeah, I think YouTube has been, has just done an absolutely horrible job. Yeah. And also, it, the, mo- the most frustrating thing is that the one thing it does do where it talks about the algorithm is occasionally when something's very egregious, it says, we're going to not promote it in, we're going to limit its spread within YouTube, which doesn't matter because it just goes to Facebook or Twitter or Reddit or whatever and spreads there. So, okay, I do have a little bit of insight into this where I have talked to both Facebook and YouTube about their weird parasitic relationship. And Facebook basically, when I have spoken to people over there about the fact that like, a lot of YouTube videos go viral on Facebook and a lot of people on Facebook use YouTube videos as a way to kind of like bypass the moderation of Facebook. Facebook has said like, it's not our problem. Like, because they don't want to be seen as someone who is like, even though they absolutely do throttle YouTube links, they don't want to be aggressive about a thing that isn't their problem. They don't want to deal with it. So like all the YouTube misinformation, which YouTube doesn't want to deal with because it's not going viral via like their search things. It's not going viral via their widgets. It's going viral just independently. So it's like this weird gray area where neither platform wants to deal with it. And things go huge there, like millions of views huge there. Yeah, exactly. It's a massive flaw in the YouTube system. But I also think that ultimately the place where it's hosted has the job to deal with it. And, you know, I don't know what the mechanic to deal do that is but there has to be something like you know stripping advertising is one thing but at this point all they do is run off patreon instead which you know or patreon or one of the many others that you run off where you say then youtube can give me any money give me your money directly and therefore the ads don't matter which i think you know was, was an unforeseen consequence of the 
like that. One of the many adpocalypses. Right. And yeah. I right. They, they sort of they sort of like they sort of like got rid of the only like leash they had. Yeah, exactly. And it makes sense to do that, but you know, if you're Logan Paul, you switch to selling merch. If you're a far right person, you switch to uh Patreon or there's another what's the one that all the far right people use isn't Patreon. Oh, um it's got like a boat on it. Doesn't there was one called Hatreon for a while, which was just for like Hatreon, Nazis. That, I think oh, Hatreon was the one I was. That's what you're thinking of? Yeah, 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 yeah. That one's bad. That one's like very bad. Um yeah. and then there's like there's a whole thing where like people are now getting like mysterious GoFundMe paydays from the from like far right influencers. Like it's they like that's what I kind of wish these platforms would would sort of change their tune with, which is that like we're not talking about traditional politics, like f- far right and right wing internet communities. They operate like computer viruses, and they'll exploit any system you have. Like QAnon is just a DDoS attack. That's that's what yeah. all these are, and they don't treat them that way. They 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 still pretend like we're we're in like normal politics land. But if you have a thing that allows user generated content and an audience and a way to make money these people will use it to spread bullshit and make money off of the bullshit they're spreading like there's just no way it's it's it, it, fuck it happens on pinterest like it, it's happening everywhere uh 22 conservative mps signed a letter earlier this week decrying cultural marxism in our schools for you for you guys yeah that's so, not yeah. good no it's not great um, didn't you also have that like insanely weird old lord call kamala harris something racist well all the lords are old and weird and racist um that's kind <laughs> of that's kind of their thing that's why we keep them around like we need someone to remind us like you know who where we, we just need a place to keep all, all the old racists like okay which yeah. is by giving them lordships yeah okay how, well, how wanna... do you how do you deal with racists uh we make them president <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, that's um, enough about joe bud yeah jesus christ (laughs) luke how do you think tiktok did with this election i feel like tiktok skated under the radar um because i don't know i mean i feel like the big thing advantage tiktok had is that its user base is just way more progressive so it didn't have that kind of core of people doing really unpleasant stuff on it and super um, young like none of them really have any young. political yeah, yeah. power because they're all 16 yeah exactly so i would argue that tiktok did fine but also didn't have its like limits tested yeah i mean i know that there's insane like i know there's a big QAnon pocket there and i know like republicans like young republicans try to get on there like every couple months and do stuff but it doesn't really stick, I think, also just because of the nature of the app, which is that it's way more – the app – the algorithm inside of the app is way more interested in, like, memeable content. And so, like, any sort of radicalized stuff that goes there, it either gets watered down to the point where it becomes, like, some sort of weird dance challenge or it falls off the map because it, it's just, like, not how the app works. It gets throttled really hard as well. Like, it's quite hard to grow there. Like yeah, you use users who are super radicalized one way or the other. They have it throttled, and the only people interested in them are other people also making the same content. So it ends up quite bubbly, quite fast. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, definitely check out the Content Mountains TikTok channel. Luke and I will be doing dance challenges there and talking about the internet. So that'll be launching next week. <laughs>
No, that's not. Happen- <laughs> that's that's. We're not doing that. Don't worry. Yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm not going to joke on that. I just need to make sure it's clear that's not happening. <laughs> Luke, how do you think Instagram did with the election? Instagram's a tricky one because I think they did a little bit of TikTok in that they didn't get their limits fully tested, but where they did get those limits tested, they didn't do great. Yeah, I think that's accurate. It, I, it, it, they weren't quick enough on stuff. They weren't able to really block specific strands of content. Uh, and But equally, not a huge amount happened there. I think partly because this was moving so fast. Like it was a specific sort of election that meant, yeah, it was moving super fast. And so that's not how Instagram works. It's not rapid response. Yeah, that's true. And I also think that like, I mean, at least from what I've seen of like the pastel QAnon community, like the the women, the predominantly women-led QAnon pockets that exist on Instagram. Yeah. Things that like radicalized things that happen on Instagram don't, aren't acknowledged as those things, if that makes sense. Like they're not, like you, you don't explicitly say you're pro-Trump on Instagram. You just do and say a lot of racist shit. Like, like no one on Instagram is is as genuinely identified with the political thing that they're doing. Whereas on Facebook, like you wear it on your sleeve. Whereas Instagram is way more interest. Like the stuff on Instagram has to be more insidious, is what I'm saying. Yeah, that makes sense. I I agree with that. Like, there's probably like yoga moms that are sharing like election recount images right now on instagram but they're probably not doing it at the same intensity that you'd see on something like facebook or twitter yeah that yeah i agree so yeah i i I would agree i think it's like a nice job but uh the storm didn't come to you this time so we don't know exactly how bad it would be um and then also you'll get your you'll get your chance you'll yes in the next year or so, every platform will be uh, <laughs> ru- uh, overrun by conservative lunatics. Um, I wrote about this in my newsletter this morning, but I tried out Parler today. Oh, really? How is how yeah. is Parler? Is it great? It's um, yeah. I think we're not moving the show to TikTok. I think we should move the show to Parler. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. It's like full of like spam and porn, and it's like it's the worst website I've ever seen. And I I keep reading all these like pieces. Being like, it's the number twenty app on the app store, and everyone's leaving for it, and it, and like these are like from like legitimate like news outlets, and I couldn't find anybody on there. Like I, if they're there, I, I couldn't find them. Yeah, that makes sense. Like it's one of the ones. It's like Gab. It's like all the others where everyone goes there and then discovers that the only reason this politics exists is conflict. And if everyone agrees with you, then there's no conflict. Right. Now, to be fair, a left-wing version of Parler would be great because it would just be everyone getting into increasingly internet beefs about what Marx meant or what what this policy it has the advantage of this policy based on different means testing thresholds. Uh, and some people <laughs> think the means testing is wrong, but some of the people think the means testing is correct. But only in this, and I just know how it would descend. And it's actually good there's not a left wing parlor because there would be no left wing activists talking to anyone else because they would be obsessed with getting one over on another person based on how their interpretation of what Marx said applies to means testing shoes. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think uh, I have I have been in some uh, bread tube Reddit threads that um, <laughs> I. I confess, I just don't know enough about leftism to even understand what they're fighting about. Like, I, I just—it's all gibberish, and I have no idea. But they're very passionate about it. Yeah, it's good that it's good Be, that they have. From some... what I can gather, being a Maoist is kind of like being chaotic neutral. <laughs> um, not quite. 
I mean, so Maoist was the central tenets of, of Maoism are, you know, anti landlordism, which fine. Uh, okay. but you know, you also should not murder your landlords. You should I, adjust yeah, ma- adjust the way the property works in order that their uh, landlordism is no longer a profitable endeavor rather than murder them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh like that's a big part of it, and that's why most people are like pro Maoism because it's anti landlordism. But Wait, so what kind of leftism is best for a Scorpio? <laughs> um, it just, I don't know, man. Like, fucking magical <laughs> realism? Who gives a shit? Yeah, like, um, so if, yeah, if I give you my birth chart, can you tell me which <laughs> strand of leftism I should, I should follow? No, because all the less strands of leftism are wrong. The only correct version of leftism is my version of leftism, which I haven't come up with yet. You, you once described me as a sewer socialist. I thought that was, I thought that was apt. Yeah, I mean, well, I also remember when you first arrived in the UK and you were, you were anti the whole thing because you thought it required too many systems. I still agree that it requires too many systems, but I also have seen what four years of no systems looks like, and I'm a little more open <laughs> to uh, the social safety net that I was in 2016. Right. I mean, it's the same principle. It's the same principles. Unions. They're very boring. They have a lot of meetings that are tedious, and they're still a good thing. Like, it's you know, the systems suck, but this is actually a good way to do things. I think um, that's true. And that's also how I feel about moderating social platforms. I brought it all the way back around. Check that out. Excellent. Nicely done. So, so what is our, wait, should we do a final ranking of how the social platforms worked? So we think that Twitter did the best. Yes, I would agree prob- Twitter did the best. Then I think probably uh, TikTok second on the basis that, you know, got away with it, but, you know, that's that that works. Yeah. Then, then Instagram. I think then Instagram, then Facebook, then like 50 piles of 50 tons of shit, and then YouTube. Yes, I would agree. Cool. I think that's right. And, you know, I think a lot of these platforms were trying to do a bunch of proactive stuff last week because they were being looked at. And I think it's unfortunate because, like, the most important parts of the election are the next 75 days. And they're not i mean they're most of them have already just stopped doing anything that they were doing i mean facebook uh t- twitter is still uh, being fairly proactive but like facebook has completely given up and yeah. the most dangerous period in, in american history in my lifetime at least politically seems to be the next 70 days and these platforms are the ones in the driver's seat unfortunately because we've ceded our entire information landscape to a bunch of private companies and so now we just have to um Hope for the best? <laughs> <laughs> no, what happened is that everyone will forget about tech coverage for another three years, and then suddenly realize it's got a lot worse in time for the next election. And I should make clear, the next US election, the, the fact that the tech companies yeah. are attached to a US election cycle is a nightmare. It's awful. I mean, I have... I have been around the world following this thing for many years. Um, there's actually an election in Brazil uh, this weekend uh, for mayor of Sao Paulo. Um, cool. And it sucks because all of these companies, they these companies don't really care about anything outside the U.S. because they know that like U.S. journalism doesn't care about anything outside the U.S. And, you know, God help every other country on earth that, that uses Facebook and Twitter. Like, it's awful. Um, and, like, Modi has already won re-election in India, so the cycle that started with him is going again. Um, yep. Hopefully Donald Trump won't be able to take control of America and we'll get a re- second – we'll get Biden back. We'll get a, we'll get a Biden presidency. Um, 
When is your next election? I mean, uh, you have them like every couple days, right? Oh, no, us is 2024. Same year. 2024 is going to be a fun year. Yeah, that's not good. Which uh, also is crazy. We've had, I think, this is the... So this was the seventh all-nighter like election that I've done. Uh, and this obviously was on a weaker, but like... It's, that's the seventh since 2014. We don't have another one for like three years. I mean, Four yeah, years. wait, for, for people who don't know, uh, the UK basically went through a period where you guys had, what, four snap elections in like four years? We had uh, 2014 Scottish referendum, 2015 election, 2016 EU referendum, 2016 US election, 2017 UK election, 2019 UK election, 2020 US election. That's a lot of voting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, you know, but really it's good because it, it helped Facebook get better at uh, pretending that they were going to do anything about any of these problems. Yeah, now no one will talk about it for f- three years and then until it's too late. It's going to be great. Yeah, great. Can't wait. Super great. <laughs> Now that you've uh, had time to uh, shower and eat and sleep and, and things like that, uh, last week you were kind of all over the place. This week, have you watched any content that has helped you stay sane? Um, I watched some football. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was great. Tottenham are second in the league. Uh, highest Joint highest goal difference. Uh, doing very well. It's all, oh. it's all great. That's great. Everyone's, sco- everyone's scoring lots of goals. Uh, not that many goals in. Uh, cracking. Good, good times for all. That sounds Fish. great. It's the best season we've had in years, and no one can go watch it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's karma, I think. I, that's how it works, right? Yeah. How about you? Have you been watching any content to stay sane? That's a great question. I've been watching far less content than normal. Mm. Oh, I what started... Have, well, what, have you been, what have you been doing in, in, in Brazil that is not watching content? Oh, eating. I've been eating. Right, okay. What, what, um, what, what food have you eaten to stay sane? I guess that, I guess that, yeah, food is content, right? <laughs> yeah. Food is content and eating it is like sharing it with my social network, which is my body. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So food I think content. I think I, I find your social network is actually your toilet. That's true. Well, is, <laughs> yeah, wait, eating is taking in content and shitting is creating content. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Okay. It's sort of just retweeting content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Uh, I've eaten quite a few things. Um, I had Brazilian pizza from a place called Jesus Pizza in Sao Paulo, which is kind of like a like a cult favorite down here. Um, it, uh, Brazilian pizza, if you've never seen a photo of it, is um, it's 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 wild. It's like the fucking wildest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> if if British pizza looks like it was rained on in an alleyway for several hours. Brazilian pizza looks like it was just like force-fed steroids until it became like a like a disgusting muscle person. If that makes sense. Okay, sure. Yeah, what I'm saying is like it's they're like gigantic pizzas and they're like very complicated and like usually covered right. in onions. Right. Um, oh, this is the stuff where they have like a thing in the middle where it's like there's like a chicken mounted on a stand but, and stuff. Well, that's a very specific Brazilian. The 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 viral Brazilian pizza photos you've seen are from a very specific place called um, Bata Papa Pizzeria, which I've actually always wanted to go visit, but they do like stunt pizzas, but they're not that different from a normal Brazilian pizza, which is typically very intricate. Um, I also uh, was reunited with um, some some great loves of my life, including pastels, which are a fried pastry full of dried meat, um, coxinhas, which are like a teardrop-looking pastry full of mashed potatoes and dried meat, and 
my favorite dish of all, which is feijoada, which is beans and dried meat <laughs> and rice <laughs> and this thing called farofa, which is kind of like a cornmeal that you put in the bean sauce. And then you mix it with like fried bananas and kale and a little bit of hot sauce. It's, I love the food down here. It's just, it's just fantastic. Um, I keep saying down here. I don't know why I, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I love the food here. I, I mean, it's South sure, but I love the, the food here is great. And I, 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 I plan to gain lots and lots of weight while I podcast from my, um, my cupboard <laughs> bunker. Yeah. My bunker. My, um, uh, no, no, I, I came down here to finalize a deal that I, I wasn't really sure I was ready to talk about, but, um, Glenn Greenwald has agreed to buy our podcast, Luke, and, um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to relocate you to Rio and you and I are going to, um, help him, uh, further his career as Tucker Carlson's sidekick. So it's, it's all very normal and good. <laughs> the man's a, the man's a loon. <laughs> he once um i once like said something mildly snarky to him in his twitter mentions and he tweeted at me f- like nonstop for hours to the point where i was finally like glenn please please leave me alone like please let this go um he is, he is just yeah one incredible story fell into his lap and uh <laughs> everything from there has been bad <laughs> um but he does ha- he, I think he's got, I think he still has a dog farm in the hills of Rio. And like, that seems like a dream, like to, to raise dogs. I mean, yeah. Like he's one of the people who certainly is operating in good faith. Like, like quite how 90 degrees to the rest of the world that good faith is. But like, he's certainly trying to do good things. Like he is not a grifter. He is not, he's not like a con man. He is just someone who is very, very obsessive about things that, he needs an editor for yeah and you know talking about like the strands of leftism there are these guys like matt taibbi is another one where these guys who have stared into the russian abyss for so long that like this is all breaking their brains and like they can't really handle it and i read their stuff sometimes and it's all these like post ussr 90s american journalists and british journalists who are you know dealing with russian stuff and and following the beginnings of Occupy, and it's like it's like this very specific kind of like left leaning journalist whose we should, we brain should, we has should, just. We should come back to this at a different date because there are many people in the UK this has happened to, like good journalists who have, yeah, and you're suddenly like, oh, what are you doing now? Yeah, you're like, oh wait, your brain's mashed potatoes now because <laughs> like, yeah, we should do we should do a whole we should do a whole episode about how okay yeah let's table this let's come back to this one. Um, this sounds good. Um, let's try and get them all on the podcast. Let's just like make a list of prominent journalists and then like talk about how they're deranged. And then I'm sure they'll want to come on the show and rate how long the mashed potatoes in their brain has been cooked for. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Speaking of other episodes, Luke, uh, I'm going to go head over to our other show um, where yeah. we're talking about Wonder Woman this week. Let's do it. I'm pretty excited okay. about this because I think, I think we have very different opinions on this. We do. Um, so if you want to check that out, head to our Patreon, patreon.com slash thecontentminds. We are currently making our way through the DC Entertainment Universe. This week is Wonder Woman. It is the first movie in our series that I would consider a movie. <laughs> <laughs> An actual uh, visual story. Um, so, uh, yeah, Luke, uh, I'm going to... Walk on over there and I'll see you over there. 
That's a little see, bit of sound see, design. See you, in, see you in your different cupboard. Okay, I'm walking over to the other cupboard now. <laughs>